to the moon Dig a shallow grave And I'll lay me down Over the moon Take me to the moon Hello, and welcome to Yoga for the Revolution, a show about self-care in the age of resistance. Today we'll be talking a little bit about pain and suffering, the consequences of ignoring it, and we take on a brief practice to help us meet that suffering. How can we meet it instead of avoid it? What happens when we avoid it? We're in the middle of the aftermath of Harvey, the loss of life, the continued suffering of families and animals. There's a long road to recovery there. Another storm is headed to Florida. That is Irma currently heading right for Puerto Rico, and it doesn't doesn't look good. We're also in the middle of the aftermath of the anti-Semitic and anti-Black violence in Charlottesville and elsewhere. And the day I released this show is September 11th. On this day in 2001, There are a series of four coordinated terrorist attacks by the Islamic terrorist group Al-Qaeda, which killed 2,996 people, injured over 6,000 others, and set into motion what became a war in Afghanistan that is still going on. So there's plenty of pain and plenty of suffering and plenty of loss. And that loss can be global and abstract, or it can be very personal and very close to home. Okay, so we take deep breaths. Let's review why a sense of loss affects us so much. What's happening inside our bodies? We know, for example, that when you're in love, especially at the beginning parts, the falling in love parts, there are areas of your brain's pleasure center that are flooded with dopamine and oxytocin. Those are the feel-good neurochemicals. We've called them the love drug hormones. And loss, any loss, can see those chemical levels just dive. Stress hormones increase. That's adrenaline and cortisol. These are the fight or flight chemicals. Then they come bounding in, leading to sadness, anxiety, and some of what we've talked about in fight or flight, right? The muscles of the body tensing, blood rate increasing, heart rate increasing, tightness in the chest. It sounds a lot like heartbreak. And it's emotional, it's chemical, it's physical, And all three of those things are valid and true. We live in context. We live in the world. And with that comes pain. And with that comes loss. And with that comes heartbreak. And we can try to avoid it. We do. We numb out with a glass of wine at the end of the day. A vape. Honestly, I don't really know. That's just what I hear the kids are up to these days. I don't really keep up with the latest technology. But however we choose to avoid pain, the phone, social media, we all get a tiny little epinephrine surge every time we check social. That's why it's addictive. Some avoidance techniques are healthier than others. Working out can be an avoidance technique. Working out releases endorphins. And what better way to avoid emotional pain and stress than by doing something physically so good for you? The end of the day, though, it's still avoidance. And so is watching TV, and so is scrolling through Instagram, and so are hiding posts you don't like to see on Facebook. It's still denial. That's part of how we ended up in our own little social media bubbles. It causes me discomfort to see and hear the opinions of those who disagree with me. So I'd rather not. Click, hide, done. There's been some conversation about sheet caking. 
Do you guys know what I'm talking about here? So Tina Fey uh, went on the summer version of Weekend Update after Charlottesville, and she talked about how awful the world is while she stress ate an entire sheet cake. And the visual was funny, and I completely understood where she was coming from. We are stressed. Let's bury that in food. Unfortunately, there was a missing element that included taking some action. We talked a little bit about that last week. I'm okay if I bury myself in dessert as long as I bring cupcakes to the next march or something like that. As long as my stress eating is accompanied by phone calls to Congress and petitions signed and money given, if I have it, right? It needs to be accompanied by action. And if it isn't, if it's just sheet caking, then that's avoidance. Last week, we talked about the impetus to send love and light or hopes and prayers. And if that is not accompanied by action, then that too is avoidance. It is normal and human. And I'm not shaming anyone for the instinct to avoid pain and suffering. That's how we live. That's how we survive. We're built to avoid suffering in order to survive. I'm asking us all to be aware of that instinct when it kicks in. To be aware of the instinct to ignore problems that don't affect us directly. Because why would we go jumping into a pile of flaming garbage if we don't have to? Well, here's the reason. Because if we're not aware of the instinct to avoid that, if we simply continue to avoid pain and suffering, ours and others, then we will miss the signs. We will miss the go sign when we actually do have to dive into a pile of flaming garbage because our friends are in there and they need us, we'll miss that sign. The goal is to be able to choose. Do I want to take on this fight or not? But we can't choose if we don't know there's a fight going on. If we dull out, if we ignore the signs, we don't know that there's a war going on, and so we can't dive into battle when we're needed. Think of Arjuna on the floor of the chariot, debating whether or not he should get into that battle. That's a great awareness. But if he were at home, I don't know, playing video games, then he would not even be able to make that choice. He would not even be able to have that crisis of conscience. When we dismiss other people's pain and suffering as not my problem, then we miss an opportunity to be a better human citizen. Think about it this way. Someone may be so good at avoiding pain and suffering that they ignore signs in their own body that call for attention. We're so good at wanting to avoid pain that we ignore pain when it's there. How many people do you know that do this? Or how many times have you done it? Here's a super small example, and really I'm using the human body as a microcosm, as a tiny, tiny society of your body, of my body, and I'm using that as an example of the larger ecosystem of society. A few years ago, I decided to amp up my workout game, turn it to 11, which for me meant like breaking a sweat a few times a week. I was taking all these bar classes. I like bar. I still do. Do you, does everyone does everyone know what bar is? It's not like going to the bar, like happy hour bar. It's B A R R E. It's inspired by ballet, hence the ballet bar. You do a series of small range muscle movements along with isometric strength training. Anyway, I was doing a lot of bar. I was actually taking a training to teach bar, and I started to notice a tightening in my low back. And I thought, yeah, well, you know, that's to be expected. I'm of the age where things start to hurt and I'm doing a bunch of new kinds of movement. So, you know, take a deep breath and deal with it, right? Then 
After that, I went on a yoga and snowshoeing weekend. I do the same retreat every year in New Hampshire. It's amazing. We went on a super long hike. Then later that day, we had a really intense yin practice, and I felt that tightening. But again, it's all good, right? Two days later, I'm walking to work. I'm back in the city, and it's cold. This was in February. And I noticed my left ankle is freezing. I had a space between the bottom of my jeans and the top of my shoes, so both ankles were exposed to the weather. My left ankle is freezing, but not my right. It wasn't until later that day that I realized that's because I have no sensation in my right leg. I couldn't feel cold because I couldn't feel anything. Two days later, I'm flat on my back, can't get out of bed, can't walk. It's a pinched nerve. That feeling where I couldn't feel anything, that's peripheral neuropathy. And no one thing did it. It was all of those things added up over time. And most of all, it was avoidance. My brain is so, so conditioned to fear pain that it completely ignored the pain I did feel. Because if I felt it, then that would be really bad. So what happened when I avoided that pain and suffering? I got more of it. My body needed to get loud enough so that I could hear it and start paying attention. And what happens when we as global citizens avoid pain and suffering among our fellow human people? It gets worse. There's more of it. It's that simple. Ignoring pain doesn't make it go away. Physical, emotional, societal, ignoring pain only makes it stronger. So what's the alternative? We have to look at it. We just have to. We do. We have to look at the people who are still recovering from the flooding in Houston. We have to look at systematic oppression. We have to look at that weird feeling in our low back and do something about it before it takes us out. Look at the discomfort. It's okay to feel discomfort. Look at it. We have to meet it where it is. Today we're going to have a brief introduction to something called Tonglen meditation. It's a Tibetan Buddhist practice for overcoming the fear of suffering and for cultivating compassion or altruism. I will pause to say that this practice uses some visualization that includes breathing in some darkness, some smoke. So if you are really feeling that that is not a good idea for you, then I invite you to skip it. I invite you to listen to it and not fully engage. I invite you to do what you need to do to stay safe. In the meantime, I want to pause to say thank you. Thank you for listening to Yoga for the Revolution, for using this as hopefully a tool to build your resilience. You can subscribe and rate the show wherever you get your podcasts or listen at yogafortherevolution.org. You can rate us on Apple Podcasts and write a review if you so choose. All the links to our social media accounts are on the site, as well as a link to our Threadless store, where we now have some t-shirts. Um, they will not alleviate your pain and suffering, but, you know, it might be cute. You can talk to me on Facebook at facebook.com slash yoga for the revolution, or follow on Twitter at y underscore f underscore t underscore r. Okay. What is Tonglen meditation all about? Uh, it's a Buddhist practice for connecting with suffering, our own and that suffering that's all around us everywhere we go. We, every day, we take in so many breaths, countless breaths, and this meditation uses the breath as a tool to meet suffering, 
to alleviate suffering or at least the fear of suffering. It's an awakening to use our breath for the benefit of other people. The main crux of the practice is this. We'll breathe in others' pain and we'll breathe it in with the intention that they be well and have more space to relax and open and be free from suffering. Then we breathe out, sending relaxation or whatever we feel would bring them relief and happiness. Again, if the idea of breathing in all that suffering is like a little curious and interesting and maybe uncomfortable, then let's try it. Let's do the the experiment together. But if the idea is already starting to tighten your chest and you feel like this may be really a bad idea, then listen, listen to yourself. I want to give you and invite you and encourage you to listen to yourself. We'll start simply by tuning in to our own natural breath. Then after that, I'll invite you to do some visualizations. So first of all, find a stable and comfortable seat or a place to stand if you're standing. Take in a deep breath through your nose. Exhale through the mouth. Exhale with a sigh. Two more times like that. In through the nose, out through the mouth. Inhale. Exhale. Take a moment to choose your subject. Think of someone you love, someone who is suffering in some way. And now I'll invite you to visualize the negativity. Imagine it as a cloud of dark smoke and really allow yourself to be open. Allow yourself to breathe it in. Inhale, breathe in dark smoke. A feeling of darkness, heaviness, even claustrophobia, heat. Visualize the dark smoke and negativity. Inhale, pull it into your body all the way down. Pause, hold the breath. Exhale, release everything. And as you exhale, breathe out light, cool, refreshing sense of air. Spread that across the room, across your town, radiating out 360 degrees. Inhale again, heaviness, darkness, pause, allowing it to transform within you, to dissipate. Exhale everything out, freshness and lightness going out. Keep on doing this with your own breath, allowing yourself to synchronize each breath with darkness and light. Inhale, heaviness, darkness going in. Exhale, lightness, freshness going out. Inhaling dark, exhaling light. Deep in-breath, expansive out-breath. Open yourself to the dark and painful suffering as you breathe in. And let go. Exhale and send out the sense of freshness, light, and ease. Call to mind once again this person or people you want to 
to dedicate this practice to your subject. And as you breathe in, breathe in their suffering, their pain, their darkness. Breathe out, sending them ease and lightness, relief. In your mind, broaden this to everyone in the same circumstance. All the people going through what that one person is going through. Breathe in all of their collective suffering and breathe out relief for all of those people. Breathing in suffering for the collective and breathing out lightness and ease for all of those beings. If you get stuck, try to keep it real. Use the stuckness. Breathe in your resistance and breathe out expansiveness. As you breathe in, allow yourself to be open, open big and wide. So open and expansive, there's nowhere for any of that darkness to get stuck. And as you breathe out, send that openness out into the world. Bring an image to your mind of this person or these group of people. If you know this person's name, say their name in your head. If that helps you conjure these feelings in a more real way. A few more breaths like this, breathing in that cloud of darkness to a full and expansive breath, breathing out ease and relief. On your next exhale, release this technique, release the imagery, release any thought of suffering and simply come back to the breath. Become aware of your breath as your breath, as nothing more or nothing less than your breath. Become aware of your body and wherever it is in space. Slowly begin to open your eyes, come back to the present moment. If you need more time with this practice, take more time. If you feel that you've taken in some darkness, heaviness, and cloudiness that still remains, take a moment. Focus on expansiveness. Focus on opening, freshness, and light. And as you continue throughout the week, See if you can be aware of the pain and suffering of others. You don't have to dive deeply into it right away. For now, just notice. Notice what you do to avoid it. Increase your awareness and come back to safety. Come back to light. Come back to openness. And slowly, gradually, this practice could help 
ease your fear of suffering. Increase your awareness of the world around you and decrease the habit of avoidance. So until next time, keep breathing and live to fight another day.